Hey, welcome to the uh, welcome to the uh, program. Let me turn this. I don't they turn this off. I don't know. I don't Let know me, why is this this what? little experiment not working? What is your problem? I I play music and every day Stu comes in. And he's like, what? Stop! What are you playing? Mm-hmm. And I'm sorry, I'm not playing Britney Spears or whatever it is you're listening to. Uh, oops. Yeah. I did it again. I did it again. Did you ever hear of it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, so I I found this group called Poor Man's Poison. Yeah, yeah. And you like them. Yeah, they're great. Right, yeah. yeah. So uh, I've kind of becoming friends with some of them, and they're fantastic. If you haven't listened to Poor Man's Poison, just look up uh, uh, Hell's Coming With Me. That's a good place to start. What's the machine one? Uh, Feed the Machine. Feed the Machine. That's Yeah, it's a really good one. Really good one. Um, But uh, my son just sent me Benjamin Dakota Rogers. He's into weird. I mean, for a kid, he's a weirdo. He's, he's just like me growing up. Just a quick reminder, uh, he's an adult. Yeah, thank you. Um, oh, it's it's weird to say. How soon? Anyway, <laughs> so he just sent me this guy named uh, Benjamin Dakota Rogers. Yeah. And I love this guy, but it's really... Di- I mean, it's it's marked as country music, but does that sound like country music to you? I mean, you could see why it might be marked that, but it's not like a pure... No, it's like... like uh, I don't know. There's this new category called, I think, Americana. I don't yeah. know if that's okay. new or not, but mm-hmm. Americana. And uh, Poor Man's Poison is in country and sometimes Americana. This guy is. It's good, except this guy is from, you know, Poor Man's Poison. They're from California, you know, and they're rebels in California. Mm-hmm. Uh, this guy is from Ontario again. What is it with country music in Ontario, Canada? I don't know. It's a good question. Yeah. Um, now, I prefer to get my music from established artists like Nuke Bizzle. He is good. <laughs> and Nuke Bizzle also. There's a part of the podcast today where we talk about Nuke Bizzle because, uh, of course, he's a great rap artist. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, he did a song about how to rip everybody off um, to the tune of... I mean, he mentions 300 G's in it. Uh, yeah. We don't know how much he actually stole from COVID programs, but he rapped about it, so we knew he did it. <laughs> yeah, so it's great. So he's yeah. the, the, as we go through this, uh, I I thought it was kind of a fun little segment, uh, but Stu brought it down to suicidal, uh, which is the first time I've been going for fun, and Stu brought it down to suicidal. It's an incredible uh, thought experiment on your taxes that you should talk about. We also had uh, Bill O'Reilly on today. We had Chris Stewart. Mm -hmm. He is in Congress and on Intel Committee, and he talked about what's happening with Russia, our spending, and also Nord Stream. uh, Michael Malice. And Michael Michael Malice is hysterical. You don't want to miss it. All on today's podcast in 60 seconds. Goldline would like to remind you that it is possible to use your retirement account to acquire precious metals. Why would I do that? The dollar is great. It's going up. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. It's called a melt-up. Have you seen what's happening to currencies? Have you seen? did Did you see what happened in Britain this just this week? Most people didn't even pay attention. Britain, the the uh, currency over there, the the uh, sterling, almost uh, was wiped out earlier this week. Why? Because uh, they're they're not going to print any more money. Okay. What result? Uh, stock market bonds just fall out of the sky, 
and it almost wipes out the sterling. And they're like, oh, well, you know what we're going to do? We're going to print more money. They're on the road to, you know, a hyperinflation and they're not getting off. And that's going to happen to all of us. It's just a matter of time. We may be last, but it's coming. You want to preserve something, have something in the end. And that something should be gold, silver, platinum, whatever. Find out what's right for your family. Contact Goldline today. Tell them I sent you from the podcast. Give them the code MYB. They're going to send you a Mind Your Business Silver Bar just as a thank you for calling in. Um, it Just request the information from them right now. 866-GOLDLINE. 866-GOLDLINE or goldline.com. The best of the Glenn Beck program. Welcome to the Glenn Beck program. We're glad you're here. Uh, we're being joined by Chris Stewart, a congressman. He uh, was an Air Force officer, distinguished graduate, top of his class, uh, officer of the training school, undergraduate pilot training, 14 years as a pilot, flying both rescue helicopters. Oh, I don't want to get hurt. Oh, my gosh. What a and a B1B bomber. He holds the world's speed records, including the world's record for the fastest nonstop flight around the world. He's written 17 books, national bestsellers, six different languages. Uh, and he's also on, you know, some of those super secret, you know, intelligence committees. So I wanted to get here and see what we could get from him. Usually nothing. But I thought we'd just pump him for information about what happened uh, with the um, uh, the Nord Stream pipelines. Hello, Chris. How are you? Hey, good morning, Glenn. That's the nicest introduction I've had in a long time. Yeah, Thank well, you. <laughs> you're a conservative, so they're not going to give you nice introductions. Um, <laughs> That's true. So, uh, Chris, uh, tell me what you can about there's a lot of people, a lot of people that their first thought with the Nord Stream pipeline was, oh my gosh, did we do this? Yeah. Yeah, and I think a lot of people have seen the Tucker Carlson piece and some other writing that has indicated that. And let me tell you, Glenn, first, we, we genuinely don't know. Sometimes when I come on your program, you're kind of teasing me saying, you pump me for information and I don't tell you anything. Sometimes I know but can't say. Right. But in this case, we really don't know yet. Okay, wait, 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 wait. So we don't know who did it, but are you including we don't know if we did it? Uh, no, I, I, I don't think there's any reason to believe that we did it. Uh, and in fact, I, I, I think I say with a high, high degree of confidence as much as you can in a world that's gone crazy. And there's times in the past when I'd say, hey, I don't think that's true. And it turns out to be true later on. Uh, so I say it with a bit of caution, but no, I, I don't believe we did it. I don't think there's any reason for us to do it. If we had done that, uh, I think we would know. Uh, we would be aware of it. There'd be some evidence of it. And, and I, don't, I don't believe that's the case. The, the biggest thing, Glenn, I mean, you look at this. I feel like the Grinch, if you will. I puzzled and puzzled till my puzzler is sore. It just doesn't make any sense. If you look at every nation, it's really hard to create a very plausible explanation for why that nation would do it. It's certainly the case if, if you're trying to argue the U.S. did it. And, and by the way, some of the reporting on this is, is misleading in the sense that they, they take the, the statement from Victoria Nunland, for example, the State Department official. She's clearly talking about Nord Stream 2 and that they're going to try to pressure Germany not to approve opening that pipeline. 
And I think some people misread that and say, oh, see, they're threatening to blow it up. Uh, Ukraine simply doesn't have the capability, and I don't think Ukraine would do it because it would stress the, the relationship with the Allies so much. Russia, on the other hand, I think you could make an argument that, for one thing, they just want to create chaos. That's very, very clear. And this could be a tool for them. The, the EU is looking at a deadly winter. I mean, literally a deadly winter. Uh, there's potential for thousands of people, maybe tens of thousands of people, to freeze to death. In oh, the my EU gosh. Oh, my gosh. They're, they're, think about this, Glenn. For the average EU home, it's going to cost more than $3,000 a month to heat their home over this next winter. And I think that Russia would have been under enormous pressure to open up that pipeline. And this just eliminates that, that for them. They don't, have to, they don't have to deal with that international pressure now. But I think more than that, they love the chaos. And my greatest fear is that it shows that this isn't, we're not in the wind-down phase of this war. We're really in the opening stages of it still. Mm. And if Russia did this, and my personal belief is that they probably did, it, it shows you that there's a lot of things, a lot of tools that they are still uh, still have available to them that uh, are going to make it really difficult for us to step through the next, I think, six months or so. And if we don't really know, they can claim we did it or anybody else did it and escalate because they immediately said, well, this gloves come off now if you can do this. Forget about nukes, which they did mention that justifies nukes. Um, but forget about that. That means if they claim we did it, they could hit our energy infrastructure. Yeah, it's absolutely. Uh, and that's one of the very obvious conclusions is that uh, they would claim that we did it, regardless of who did it. Correct. Including if they did it, they're going to say that we did, and it's going to open the door for them to retaliate. And if you take that in conjunction with what happened yesterday and them claiming that uh, there was a this supposed referendum on the four uh, you know, for essential, essentially states in eastern Ukraine, where, I mean, these, these numbers sound, sound Stalinistic. You know, 99% of the people there voted to join with Russia. 92% of the people in another, uh, another region voted to join with Russia. Again, those are the kind of numbers that, uh, that Stalin would win by. And it's, it's beyond belief, of course. But if you combine these two events of the last few days, uh, uh, you, you can see that, that Vladimir Putin is, is positioning himself. He's, he, again, <clears throat> he's not looking to wind things down. <clears throat> Excuse me. He's, he's looking to exert more pressure, not less. So I talked to Chad Robicho, um, who was in Ukraine just recently, and um, he actually walked the mass graves. He, I, he told me last night, because I said, before I put you on the air and saying this, I've seen the video. But I want to make sure you didn't just see a patch of dirt or you saw things that the Ukrainian government were saying this is what it was, that you actually saw these things. And he said, Glenn, I saw women and children with their hands tied behind their back and bullets in their head that they tried to bury quickly because they were leaving. This is crimes against humanity. Yeah, I don't think there's any question about that. It shows a couple of things. It shows the desperation of Vladimir Putin's leadership. It shows the inhumanity of leadership, which doesn't surprise, I think, anyone. It also shows the results of a hastily assembled and untrained army. This is now not a professional army any longer. Uh, many of them are, are conscripts that have been in the army for, in some cases, a matter of a few weeks is all, with very little training, if any, and, and including in that, 
you know, the laws of war, the discipline of a professional soldier that we don't expect from them any longer. Which brings me to this one point, Glenn, I hope I can make. And, and I think now stepping back from that, and that is, okay, where are we in the U.S. and what are we doing there? Uh, I, I just finished an editorial that, that asked this question. Look, in the early days of the war, I supported separate. I thought we had to help Ukraine and the Ukraine military. They have shown enormous courage. They have demonstrated that courage on the battlefield can change a battlefield in ways that sometimes weapons can't. But the president of the United States has to tell the American people now, this is our goal in Ukraine. Because if, the, if President Biden agrees with President Zelensky that now our objective is to expel every Russian from eastern Ukraine, including Crimea, then I promise you, we will be at war with Russia. <clears throat> if that is our goal, Vladimir Putin is not going to leave Crimea. I mean, it was part of Russia up until 1958, and when Khrushchev drew a line and says, oh, now you're part of, of Ukraine now. And the people there genu- genuinely are ethnically Russian. They speak Russian. They want to be with Russia. And Putin is not going to surrender Crimea. And if President Biden agrees with Zelensky, he needs to brace the American people for a long, long and potentially very deadly war. If, on the other hand, our goal is just to say, go back to the pre-February invasion lines, then he should state that that's our goal so that Zelensky knows we're not going to support him going beyond that. I think we're at this point now where we have to define why we are there and at what cost is it going to be to achieve the goals of that defined uh, well, reason for being there. And this president hasn't done that at all. And the result of that, Glenn, is 20 years later we may be in there just like we were in Iraq or Afghanistan. Uh, the Senate just passed a bill last night to fund the government, which includes another $12 billion for Ukraine. Chris, this has got to stop. It's got to stop. Well, and one other thing that a lot of people don't realize, we're not just funding their military efforts. We're funding their entire government operations, including their pension plans. What? We're funding Ukrainian pension plans. That's right. And, uh, and look, I want to help them. I am a defense hawk, and I believe the United States needs to help in this situation. But we have to define the limits of our help. We owe the American people an explanation for how much money we're willing to spend and how long we're willing to be right, there Chris, and the goals we're trying to achieve. Chris, will you do me a favor? Would you put me in touch with whomever has all of the information of where this money is going, including the pension plans? I would love to have you come on the air and explain it to the American people. Somebody has got to expose all this. I think, you know, honestly, my first thought when I saw the Nord Stream was, I don't think that we did this. You know, we didn't send our Navy SEALs in to do this. There's no way. However, I'm not convinced that some rogue party, somebody, and it could be for a million different reasons. I'm not convinced that some of our money that has been over there without any accounting didn't give somebody half a billion dollars and say, go blow these things up. And we didn't do it, but it was maybe possibly our money. There's no accountability for any of this. And now that would be what? 75 trillion billion dollars that we have sent over there. Five billion dollars can change the world. Yeah. Well, that's one of the things I also point out in this latest editorial, Glenn, is that there's no IG, there's no accounting. We just send the money and hope it ends up where we where we say it does. And and by the way, keep in mind, 
Ukraine is one of the most corrupt nations I in know. the world. I and know. They have been for generations. They lost seven billion dollars in the during the Biden debacle when he was vice president. Seven billion just kind of just disappeared, and nobody ever said anything about it here. Yeah, well, that's because seven billion is not that much money. Glenn. Yeah. No, <laughs> no I know, cool. I know. I spend yeah. that on groceries lately. Yeah. Um, well, okay. So, Chris, will you? Uh, can I have uh, Ricky, my executive producer, reach out to you and and just see if you can. Help us put some of this stuff together because I did not know that about their pensions. That that's insanity. That's insanity. Well, and again, it's one of those things the American people deserve to know. And I think most Americans want to help Ukraine. Again, Glenn, they've shown enormous courage. We don't want Vladimir Putin to control that nation, but we have to do it in a thoughtful way. If we don't look back on the last twenty years, and again, I'm a defense hawk. I'm a former Air Force guy. But you have to look back on the last 20 years in Iraq, in Afghanistan, and in, in Libya, and a number of other places and say, okay, what lessons have we learned? How could we do this better? And we need to apply those lessons to Ukraine. And this is the time to do that. I'd be happy to help you get that information. If you want to know where that money's going, good luck. I don't know who knows that. Now, what I can help you do is find out what specifically the language allows for. For example, pension funds in Ukraine. We can help you find that out for sure. Jeez, that's incredible. All right. Chris Stewart, thank you so much. I appreciate everything you do in Congress. Keep strong, buddy. Thank you, sir. You bet. Bye-bye. Uh, I may disagree with you know some of the things that uh, any of these guys in Washington do, but um, uh, this guy is straight as an arrow, um, and uh, we might disagree on you know this issue or that issue, but I'm glad he's in Washington. He knows what he's talking about when it comes to defense. And uh, we need him in those rooms to speak some sanity. I tell you, if you're going to Washington, if you're thinking about becoming a congressman or do not get onto the Intel Committee. I think personally, it's a trap. It's a trap. It's a trap. You get onto the Intel Committee and then you can't say anything, anything and uh, about anything. And so you become, you're strapped. I mean, I'll talk to Chris about things that, you know, I know, and then I'll get into speculation and it won't be a big deal. And he'd be like, I can't talk about it. Can't talk about it. Eh, okay. And I, I just think it's a trap. Don't get onto the Intel committee. This is the best of the Glenn Beck program. And we really want to thank you for listening. Mr. Bill O'Reilly, how are you, sir? Here I am. Thank you for having me back. You bet. You bet. Um, uh, uh, your check hasn't uh, hasn't cleared yet, so I don't know if you'll be back next week because you got to keep writing those well, checks. I wrote Bill. that check uh, to the haberdashery uh, company so that you could have some decent clothing. Okay. You know, I, <laughs> You're such a jerk. Have you seen back lately? <laughs> I mean, remember that. Remember the word hobo. Remember that. <laughs> So kind of get you uh, up up and running on the uh, wardrobe spectrum. That's what happened there. So, Bill, the biggest story of the week. Got to be Ian, but, you know, how do you cover it? It, It's, you know, an act of God. And, you know, you lived in Florida. I lived in Florida. Yeah. You know, when you live there in California as well, anything could happen. Um, and then it happens and everybody's looking at one another. 
But there is some good news here that the federal and state governments do work in the capacity of getting help to people. Obviously, these people's whole lives are destroyed now. Yeah. They got to rebuild, and that's just part of life. Um, but, you know, that's the biggest story of of the week. Uh, the second biggest story of the week is Joe Biden's continue continuing diminishment. Yeah. In what way? The mental diminishment or diminishment on the world stage? Well, I can't calibrate the world stage. He's doing the right thing in Ukraine um, because Putin is on the ropes. And we just talk about praying. If you're going to pray for something, he's got to go. And I'm hoping that the Russian people, you know, you don't get a lot of reporting out of there, but nobody can really be supporting Putin. And he looks terrible, and he's so, hiding wait, out. Wait, 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 wait. Yeah, um, before you get into that, let's cover the Nord Stream pipeline. Who do you think did it? Who's responsible? Jill, Jill Biden did it. Jill was in the scoop. <laughs> no, come on, come on, come on. Who do you think did it? He went on it? with a giant hat pin and just hanged <laughs> it. Come Is on, there, Beck. I mean, who who the deuce knows who did it? Right. It's but leaking. do you think that it's we would have done that? Do you think we, I mean, it's no, no matter what I think about the left, I do yeah. think there are people that are, that are that nefarious, but I just can't see our Navy SEALs being ordered to do that and, and, and us doing that. No, I, I don't think that happened, okay? okay? But you know what the real uh, tragedy of this is? You can watch cable news and hear a half an hour of that. You, I mean, they just make this stuff up. Because the ratings are going down so quickly, and and they, they come on, oh yeah, this is what, and you sit there going, if there's no facts, which there aren't in this, okay, all you have to say is, gee, it's possible that maybe Putin went down in a diving belt, I, but you can't, <laughs> you know, yeah, I mean, come on. So we had uh, we just had Chris Stewart on, um, and. Uh, and he's a congressman. He's on the Intel Committee and a, a highly decorated Air Force colonel, I think. Um, and uh, he said, you know, there, there, we just we didn't do this. But he doesn't say who did it. Uh, and he didn't rule out that some of our money that we're just sending out with with no um, accountants uh, might have been used by some nefarious figure to uh, to do it. But his point was, doesn't matter. It means we're at the beginning of something very, very bad, not the end and wind down of a war. Well, look, it, Europe is going to suffer this winter as the people of Florida are suffering now. And some of us believe that okay, you had an opportunity to get away from Russia and you didn't. And so this is what happens when you dine with the devil. I know you're a big Machiavelli fan, Beck, Mm -hmm. but there's a very famous quote. If you dine with the devil, bring a long spoon. Because if you get into bed with these evil people, they will turn on you. And that is what's going to happen this winter in Europe. It's going to be Hilly over there. Now, but here's the worst part of it. Two years ago, I just want everyone listening to Beck O'Reilly and Stu right now. Think back just two years ago. The United States had the most vibrant economy on the planet, on Earth. 
we were exporting oil and natural gas to foreign countries and reaping the benefits financially of that. One man gets elected president and destroys the entire economy in two years, including the fuel industry of the USA. How horrible is that? So if we were energy independent now, if Trump had been reelected, we would be making billions and billions of dollars and the Europeans would not be so chilly this winter. How does how does the German government uh, not get overthrown if tens of thousands of Germans freeze to death and they're not turning their their nuclear power plants back on? How, how? Look, it's up. It's up to them. I, I was in Germany a couple of years ago. Uh, it's it's like the United States. Have you got a phone in their hand? They're in there drinking the you know steins. I, I don't know what they're doing over there. Okay, but you're getting punished now because of foolish policy. Yeah, and maybe you guys want to wise up. Look, it's about America. Are we going to wise up in five weeks, Beck? No. On November 8th, is this country going to wise up? I, I think I, it might. I think, it, I think it's going to go better than, uh, well, I don't even want to jinx it. I endorse all the Democrats. How's that? Because um, every time I endorse somebody, they lose. <laughs> so I endorse every Democrat. Um, I don't know. I hope. My, my right. feeling is watching things, people are waking up. I don't know how it plays out, but if everyone who wants to save the country isn't voting, they um, they're a part of the problem. You've got to go out and vote. You have to. I can't understand how anybody could vote for a Democrat. And I'm not a party guy. You know that. Yeah. I don't the Republicans. I mean, are these geniuses? No, they're not. All right. But how could you? What do you? I don't know what the the overall campaign slogan is. Hey, if you want less money, vote for the Democrats. Is that what they're campaigning on? If you want more bodies in the street, vote for us. We're going to have more dead people because we're not going to enforce the law. If you want 10 million undocumented migrants, vote for us because we're not shutting anything down. You like fentanyl? Vote for us. You'll have plenty of it. That's the Democratic platform. And then we're at that point. I've been doing this almost 50 years. I've never seen the kind of political insanity in America that I see today. And it's affecting every person. You are paying more for your cheeseburger. Hello? I can't believe... You're going to vote for Kathy Hochul in New York? And they might. I can't believe, Bill, that we are at a place to where we all agreed five years ago that pedophilia is bad, is bad, and should never be normalized. We knew that grooming children or showing children what, what really is pornography... Teaching them about sexual acts in the second grade, having trans uh, drag shows in school libraries and have them strip in front of little kids. We all knew that was wrong. All knew. I didn't change. You changed. Americans who have, for some reason, 
have gone down this road. They've gone down this road so far that they've had to just accept that this is okay now. And they know it's not. They know it's not. But if they can't turn the corner now, it's only going to get worse. Yeah, they're too distracted to get involved. I don't think you're going to see a real high turnout in November. I think Republicans will turn out more than Democrats. And here's what the polls never show. If the African immunity, uh, African-American community, which is getting hammered worse of all by the Democrats, if they stay home and that's not yeah. calibrated by polling, then it's a route. It's a route. And that could very well happen. Bill O'Reilly is with us. Killing the Legends, The Lethal Danger of Celebrity is his new book. It came out this week. John Lennon, Elvis Presley, and Muhammad Ali. Um, Bill, when I saw the movie on Elvis, I learned a lot. I did not know any of that about the colonel. Um, And I didn't know that Elvis, you know, went into or would have been bankrupt when he tried to leave the colonel um, and how badly he was used. Yeah, no, I mean, it's startling, and all three of them uh, were betrayed, uh, Elvis, Lennon, and Ali, by people close to them. All three of them were. But Presley, um, uneducated kid uh, from Mississippi, changes single-handedly American culture. That's why I wrote, I wrote the book. People say, okay, this is the 12th killing book, the most successful nonfiction book series of all time. Well, why? This isn't history. Yes, it is. These three individuals changed the way we live in America to this day. And Elvis blew up the conformity culture of the 1950s, post-World War II. Dwight Eisenhower, everybody looked the same, sounded the same. In six minutes, Sonny Ed Sullivan show, the whole culture crashed because rock and roll was here to stay, as Danny and the Juniors once sang. Okay? And Elvis surged, and at the same time, uh, in American society, pastors were saying he was an agent of Satan. They were burning his records. Parents were yelling at their boys, you can't slick your hair back or wear a leather jacket or sneer at me. The age of rebellion had begun. And, and Elvis Presley, for all his tragedy, was a titanic historical figure. He was. And that's why I wrote about it. But as far as the micro level is concerned, the Tom Parker, his manager, took 50% of all his earnings plus expenses. Oh, my gosh. Parker was a criminal. He's a thief. And after Presley died at age 42, the Presley estate had to take Parker into court to get some of the money back. And, but Elvis allowed it to happen. He signed the papers. It was insane. Because he was in over his head, celebrity crushed him. Okay, so hang on just a second. Hang on, hang on, hang on. First of all, is Colonel Parker, is that true that he uh, left someplace in Europe because he killed somebody? Well, let's put it this way. He was a suspect in a murder in Holland. He absconded quickly. He got on a boat. He came to America. And he was an illegal alien. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. And he got a job in in the carnival circuit. He was a carny. And he was associated with a guy named Eddie Arnold, a country singer, and discovered Elvis Presley. 
Parker had a shrewd eye for talent. And he got his hooks into Elvis and never let go. So his Elvis's estate, I just looked this up the other day. Elvis's estate in 1979 money, what was left was uh, about $4 million. It's about $25 million, $30 million in today's money. Um, so that's sizable. But his estate uh, in 1979 money, all of his, his records, all, his image and everything else would have been worth, I think it was $4 trillion dollars. Uh, right. In 1979, money, but Elvis Presley made more money than any uh, celebrity on the face of the earth for a period of about five or six years, and he came away with nothing. And it's a misleading misnomer when he when he died. Yeah, he was worth it, but that was because he had Graceland, yeah. the property. He had a private jet. He had a lot of stuff, but cash he didn't have because Parker was stealing it. Why? Because Parker was a degenerate gambler. Parker lost a million dollars a year in Vegas casinos. Wow. And part of the deal, reason that Elvis was in Vegas all the time, was that Parker made deals saying, I'll bring my boy in, but you give me unlimited credit in the casino floor. Unbelievable. I mean, when you read Killing the Legends, you think you know about Elvis and John Lennon and Muhammad Ali. You don't know. But also you don't know how they affected us. And how we live today. I mean, between 1964 and 69, American culture changed to sex, drugs, rock and roll. Largely because of the Beatles. And we have that today. Our permissive culture today stems from the 1960s. And the same kind of people, well, I can't say that. The Lizzo's of the world, the stars of today, are leading us into a deeper, darker place uh, than anybody was leading. Well, I can't say anybody because it was a pretty dark place with sex, drugs, and rock and roll in the 60s. Uh, But at least it was surrounded by, you know, oh, this is about love, man. Uh, Now it's just grotesque. Okay, we're going to come back with Bill O'Reilly and talk about Muhammad Ali and uh, and John Lennon killing the legends, the lethal danger of celebrity. Um, He has... 18 number one bestsellers, Mr. Bill O'Reilly. This book is out uh, right now. It came out on Tuesday. Pick it up wherever you get your books. The best of the Glenn Beck program. Michael Malice, welcome to the uh, program. Thanks so much, Glenn. Good. Um, you know, I, I, you are so, so much good. Yeah. Yeah. Good. You are, uh, you're, you're so funny. I just read your tweet about, you know, the worst thing that schools, uh, teach. Um, uh, and, and I've been watching Gavin Newsom and I'm convinced Gavin Newsom is running in 2024. And yep. if it's 2024, 2028, it will be Gavin Newsom and, uh, and, uh, DeSantis, and it will be: Is this state working, or is this state the future? And well, he's I, so transparent on what he's doing. Yeah, I, I agree with a lot of that. First of all, I don't know that it would be this state versus that state because we would all love a political system where people argue about the issues and what's your vision for America. It would be 
is this state working versus do you want Nazism in the White House? I think that's how the campaign would be <laughs> with the full support of the corporate press. But I, I think it's really funny because there's a lot of conservatives, I, I, I think, and I, I can think it's totally wrong, who believe that, you know, God forbid something happens to President Biden and, and Officer Harris becomes the president, that she'd be a lock for the nomination in 2024. Oh, and no I think way. that's absolutely no way. No way. Because there's so much lip service, sure, for women and for minorities. But when you look at how the Democratic Party votes in the primaries, if you look at 2020, it was Biden, Bernie Sanders, Elizabeth Warren, Pete Buttigieg, Mike Bloomberg, and Amy Klobuchar had the most votes. Cory Booker went nowhere. Tulsi Gabbard went nowhere. Uh, Kamala Harris went nowhere. She just got picked as a token hire uh, by Joe Biden towards the end. So not only does she have not a lock, I don't think she has a good shot. And I think if you ask Californians now or in 2020, who would you rather see as president, Gavin Newsom or Kamala Harris? He'd mop the floor with her. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I'm not sure America wants Gavin, Gavin Newsom uh, by any stretch of the imagination. No, he's basically Patrick Bateman. If you look at him, he's an 80s supervillain from Wall Street <laughs> with, that, with that pomade uh, and that smirk on his face. Where he's, you know, at the end of the movie, he's just put in his place and kind of kicked out as the landlord. He's like, you know, so so many tropes put into one. Um, And what he's done with California, I I have to give him credit. And I think you'd like this as well. He is unapologetically progressive. Oh, yeah. And stands for what he stands for. He's like, this is the right way. Unlike, say, like an Andrew Yang, who's a snake, who pretends he's not left or right, but only argues for leftist views. He is for his uh, um, uh, issues and i think that's very attractive to uh, um, voters in his party yeah i I will tell you and that's why i think um uh i think that uh, ron DeSantis is popular as well he's unashamed of what he's doing however the the problem is going to be quickly is that florida will prosper but Everything he's doing in California is going to make it so much worse and expensive. But I I don't think Democrats necessarily vote in terms of quality of life. Uh, They're they're more interested in having their agenda prescriptions put forward, and then they shrug their shoulders in terms of why that everyone else should be miserable. And we saw this with the begging for ongoing lockdowns and the begging for more quarantining and so on and so forth. They want everyone to be miserable and equal. So I think but doesn't while that it might be a disaster, end at some point. Don't well, you feel- know what Mrs. Thatcher said? The, the problem with socialism is eventually you run out of other people's money. Right. Uh, it ends in disaster. It ends in Baltimore. Uh, you know, it, it ends in, you know, Britain in the 1970s. Um, but, you know, try telling these, you know, affluent white women that their policies are disastrous. They don't feel that pain. It's poor people who feel the pain and they can just, you know, dust up their shoulders and say, let them eat cake. I don't know. I think, I mean, $7 trillion has been lost on the stock market. Uh, and 4 trillion of that is from very wealthy individuals. I mean, uh, and we haven't even begun on, uh, you know, on the loss of the dollar and the stock market. I think the stock market could could have could be, you know, 15,000 points or 18,000 points easily. Uh, that's a lot of money to be taken away from rich people. Well, I agree. And in which case they can. That's why they, it'd be easier for them to blame Biden. You know, he, he's the fall guy in 2024. Somehow it's the Republicans fault and they have a clean slate with Gavin Newsom. 
Let me ask you this. Um, the um, and it might be too soon, so I want to be very careful because I, I have sympathy for everybody who has lost their home. And, you know, and Mercury yeah. One is down in Florida right now um, helping the residents there. But I'm talking about the the Gulf. I mean, the um, uh, the beachfront homes that are, you know, million, ten million dollar homes that sh- should not be built there because, you know, in the old days, you couldn't get insurance to build the house. And then all of a sudden the federal government said, oh, we'll insure that. Well, why are we insuring those houses? And I want to take care of everybody that is there, et cetera, et cetera. But shouldn't we have a conversation about living on the coast in a in a hurricane zone or a flood zone that if you want to do that, you should do that at your own risk? Now, that'll mean a lot of rich people are the only ones that live there. But so be it. As long as I'm not paying for their house, their house. We shouldn't be insuring as a federal government places where people shouldn't be really living unless it's at their own risk. Well, I mean, you could extrapolate that even further. We shouldn't be subsidizing college loans. Right. And, and uh, I agree. Goes back. Because if you take out a loan, any kind of loan, you know, it's really funny. I read Kamala Harris's autobiography and she discusses when she was an attorney general, how and her claim it was just amazing to see in writing was that you know, we should have bailed out all these mortgages because when the bank lends you money, that's them saying you can afford to pay it back. And if you can't, that's their fault. Oh my gosh. It was amazing. And you're like, holy crap. Like it's really, when you see something like that in black and white, it's like, okay, there's no, whether this person is being honest or not, there's no conversation possible to be had with them. This is a completely Martian worldview as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, and it's, it's, a, it's a worldview. That in particular is a worldview where you have no responsibility. You know, it's, yeah. I, I went to, um, I went to uh, the, I think it's the southern side of the Grand Canyon, the, the Native American side, the Navajo side. And they have no walls. They have no, um, you know, fencing up on the cliff that falls right straight down into the canyon. And I said to one of the guys there, I said, how many deaths do you have a year? And he said, we don't have any. He said, unlike your side, your government puts up all these these walls and fences and everyone thinks, oh, well, they wouldn't make it so I could climb over it oh, wow. if it was too dangerous. He said, here, people see, oh, it's a rock slide to your death. And he said, so nobody approaches it. And that's her kind of thinking. That's the bank saying, I can afford it. So if they say it, I can. No, it, you've got to look at it. It's a system of everyone bailing each other out. And we're basically living on lifeboat, lifeboats. And at a certain point, you can't bail everyone out and everyone just starts to sink. It's a very dangerous uh, snowball game. Uh, and, you know, I, I was not a fan of 2008, to put it mildly. Yeah, and at, at a certain point, that credit card is going to run out and the piper is going to come due. And then if you think inflation is bad now, things are, would really get ugly then. You know, I learned from uh, Congressman Chris Stewart today that our bailing out or our funding uh, of Ukraine right now we are actually paying for the retirement funds for the government of Ukraine right now. Did you know that? 
Well, I'm I'm in favor of giving money for politicians to retire. So yeah. <laughs> let's, let's put them in a nice old folks home and put some of the Andrew Cuomo people quarantined in there and everything will work out. So I know you're one of the guys who will actually say what they're thinking, um, you know, probably to your detriment at times. Um, <laughs> and I, I would like to know, what do you think about the Nord Stream uh, pipelines? I think this is the kind of thing where, you know, we have the propaganda we're taught all our lives that America's the good guys uh, and, you know, we, we never do anything shady. There's so much information, misinformation going on about Ukraine and Russia and pipelines and things like that. I have no idea. Uh, it's I wish life were as simple as good versus evil. Maybe that was the case in World War II, except we don't talk about Stalin because we didn't know where to fit him in there because he was on our side. Right. So I, I, I agree with you that I... I'm perfectly happy speaking my mind. I do not have the information at hand, and I don't think any of us do. Good for you. Um, one last, uh, one last question. You brought up, um, you know, Kamala Harris and how she's uh, she was a token woman that was uh, plopped in there. I don't think there was ever any serious. I, I really believe that the Democrats have come to a point. I mean, Fetterman is a great example of this. They don't want a thinking human being in there. They just want rubber stamps. Would you agree with that? I, 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 well, yes, because, I mean, Biden was picked just because he's a party man. But I just think it also speaks to how bad the Republican Party is that Oz in many polls is behind a literal stroke victim. I mean, what does that speak to the bench the Republicans have and who they're attracting? It, it's just shameful. On or, or is that how good is the indoctrination that Republican bad, Democrat good, no matter who they are. Well, and, and I think a lot of that stems from putting kids in government schools, which thankfully is decreasing exponential rate and which is, to me, the most biggest silver lining facing the future of this mm. country. How many people, how many children, excuse me, are being liberated from government schooling? So the, the, the reason why I led you to uh, Kamala Harris is um, what is it going to take for women and you know the women's march people uh, they they just tweeted um yesterday we're not just the women's march we're not just pro-choice we are proudly unapologetically pro-abortion which did you see the top response which got three times as many likes as they did what it was me saying repeal the 19th amendment <laughs> <laughs> go look at it click on it <laughs> oh my gosh that is I'm sure hysterical. they love that. That's hysterical. <laughs> um, but I wanted to ask you. Hang on, I'm clicking on it now. I got to see. Oh my gosh. Um, the uh, the um, uh, the thing I wanted to ask you was: What is it going to take for the women who claim to care about women and women's rights to stand up for the women in Iran? It's, I haven't heard. Uh, I haven't heard a peep out of anyone in the Democratic Party about Iran. Progressivism is domesticated imperialism, and their vision of imperialism is they have to bring civilization to the savages in America, by which they mean the red states. Uh, so they're, they're, they really, you saw this with Obama when he was like, okay, America's too big a force on the world stage. We need to pull back. He didn't mean in kind of a nationalistic, you know, Donald Trump kind of way. He just meant because the rest of the world didn't really interest him. They're very focused on managing and micromanaging the economy and culture in their own country. And the rest of the world, in a sense, doesn't really exist to them other than when it appears in the pages of the New York Times. 
Michael, your response has double the numbers of uh, the Women's March that say oh, yeah. we're unapologetically pro-abortion. Uh, you have double the numbers would just repeal the 19th <laughs> Amendment. And the one that has uh, just under the same amount as the Women's March was, wow, you really are into recreational baby killing. Thanks for clarifying. Holy cow. Yeah, Yeah, Michael, thank you so much. Have a great weekend. Always a pleasure, guys. You bet. Bye-bye. Michael Malice.